This is the Immigration Conversation presented by Fragman, a series of talks and discussions by leading immigration lawyers and professionals from around the world. We'll bring you the most up-to-date business immigration news, issues of concern, and strategies in the world of global immigration and mobility. Hello, everyone. My name is Dalia Wong, and I'm a partner at Fragman in Singapore. I'm joined by one of our senior business immigration managers, Yana Evangelista, and we'd like to welcome you to today's podcast, which follows a series of earlier discussions in different locations across the Asia-Pacific region. Now, our session will focus on Singapore, one of the first few countries that had reported the identification of pandemic cases as early as February this year. So we'll talk about how the situation was aggressively addressed, the measures we currently have in place, um, the impact on current immigration policies, as well as the outlook of things as we head into 2021. Thank you for the brief introduction, Dahlia. It's certainly been a very unforgettable year, and this will be regarded as a pivotal time for various reasons, many of which we probably have even yet to comprehend. The most immediate and evident impact we all saw as a result of the COVID-19 was the implementation of unprecedented border closures across the globe. While most of us are now adjusting to the quote-unquote new normal, restrictions continue to remain fully in place to prevent any risks of experiencing a spike via a second or third wave of case infections, much like many locations are experiencing. Singapore has been very, very mindful in its approach, more so now that the situation appears to have stabilized after several months of reporting a significant number of daily COVID-19 dormitory cases. That's that's right, Yana. I mean, it's been, what, some two and a half months now since September when we last saw the cases hit the three-digit mark. And with the daily count of new reported cases around the single-digit mark these days, there's definitely been substantial progress in terms of containing the virus locally. And certainly this is not something any one of us would want to disregard, especially since a lot of strict measures were imposed by the authorities first to get to this point today, right? Um, from border control and travel restrictions to stay-home notices or what most countries refer to as quarantining in government-mandated facilities um, to the administration of COVID-19 swab tests, um, as well as circulation of tracking apps and tokens to involuntary limitations in group gatherings and really something as simple as having to wear a mask when we step out in public Now, all of these have made an encouraging impact on how the situation has improved and has been contained today for the country. Taking cue from what you had just mentioned, Dahlia, apart from the closure of borders to short-term travelers, I think one of the most crucial requirements implemented in Singapore was really the entry approval process for foreign nationals who already hold valid passes, whether this be for work or residency purposes. Unlike before, where it was permissible to enter and exit the country with an employment-dependent or long-term visit pass card, the additional layer of seeking an approval to enter was really a necessary move, which contributed to the containment of the virus. I mean, as early as February of this year, the government took aggressive measures to progressively restrict entry into Singapore, while in parallel monitoring the COVID-19 situation 
in the country or region from which the foreign traveler originated from. This began with restricting entry for those traveling from China, Iran, South Korea, and Northern Italy, before gradually expanding the same restrictions to the rest of the world in just a matter of weeks. Now, eight months down the line, here in November, we're still following the same process, this time with various modifications to the entry policies, again, depending on the individual's originating country. So, you know, it's really good you mentioned the amendments as we've been seeing an optimistic easing of regula regulations, um, particularly for locations where the risks of importing the virus are low. While remaining compliant with the entry approval process for returning pass holders, those returning from Brunei and New Zealand were first on the list of exemptions to the stay-home notice rule. So Australia, mainland China, and Vietnam were also recently added and will likely continue to see the list expand as more countries continue to demonstrate success in containing the spread of the virus. The global health situation is being closely monitored and therefore we can expect border restrictions to continue to be revised. So conversely, where the risks continue to be apparent based on daily reported case count, approvals for entry remain strictly regulated, um, even as mandatory polymerase chain reaction or PCR tests are introduced prior to departing for Singapore. Now, approved travelers returning from countries such as Indonesia, India, and the Philippines were initially the only ones who had been subjected to this requirement. But now we're seeing that the authorities have announced this as a necessary step for all arriving pass holders, um, seeing that um, there are substantial case spikes across different countries. Yeah, that's so true, Dahlia. And the reality is that, that there's still a significant number of pass holders who remain stuck overseas even after we've exited the two-month circuit breaker period back in early June. It's been very difficult to bring them back, notwithstanding the current process. And I think a lot of it really has to do with how the countries have been able to respond to the pandemic. Singapore's fundamental approach in instilling discipline and compliance has been effective in that we're now seeing a gradual, albeit cautious, reopening of borders. There are now reciprocal green lanes or fast lanes for official and business-related travel between Singapore and countries such as Brunei, China, Indonesia, Japan, Malaysia, and South Korea. And uh, in a recent joint statement, Singapore and Germany likewise moved ahead with declaring the impending reciprocal green lane between both countries. This sends a quite an important message, as this is the first agreement between Singapore and a country outside of the Asia-Pacific and Australia and New Zealand regions. There are also travel arrangements for short-term visitors from Australia, Brunei, New Zealand, and Vietnam via the air travel pass. We've also seen quite a number of clients procuring the periodic commuting arrangement scheme specific to Singapore's neighbor, Malaysia. Interestingly, one of the more recent announcements made pertain to Hong Kong and Singapore, which have both agreed to start allowing travels for any purpose, leisure included. An implementation has actually been announced for the 22nd of November, and this demonstrates a significant step toward potentially returning to normalcy with due caution.
So with all of these, we should definitely expect to see more countries in included in these bilateral and unilateral discussions with Singapore, whether it be for official or business purposes, or more favorably for leisure travels. That's right, Yana. I mean, the pandemic has considerably affected the flexibility people used to have to relocate and certainly, of course, to travel, right? I mean, Singapore has always been one of the top Asia-Pacific locations that boasted a relative ease in the overall immigration process. And as the effects of the pandemic begin to unravel, uh, we'll likely see the introduction of more complexities in the usual process. So one of the notable responses undertaken by the Singapore government this year was to hold the general elections back in July. And really shortly after this, new regulations were announced and deployed, which further reinforced the visible shift towards a more stringent direction. I mean, there's already been an increase right in the scrutiny of work pass applications over the past few years, and we'll likely see this trend continue as the crisis continues to challenge the safety as well as the security of the community. I definitely agree, Dahlia. These days, we're all very wary of ensuring we comply with the entry constraints introduced as a result of the pandemic. And we're also likewise compelled to meet the new minimum criteria to qualify for work and residency passes in Singapore. I mean, with the recent increase in qualifying salaries for both employment and S passes earlier this year, it actually uh, came as a quite a surprise when the authorities announced a subsequent incremental change, which took effect between September and October 2020. These hard-hitting deployments will definitely be something we will need to continue monitoring and adhering to as Singapore adjusts to the impact of the pandemic together with the rest of the world. So that's a really good point, Yana, and I just wanted to go back to the topic of reopening. So one of our key observations is that Singapore has managed to really remain firm in its phased approach. So it's been some five months now since June this year, right, when we entered phases one and then two of safe reopening and transition. And to date, there's still no confirmed timeline or date as to when phase three will take effect. I mean, the authorities have alluded on several occasions to the strong possibility of entering phase three by the end of this year, provided certain conditions are met. Um, so, you know, normal life appears to have resumed here, but I think the guidelines continue to be conservatively enforced, evidently for everyone's benefit and protection. Yes, and uh, even with very few to zero community transmissions as of late, Singapore remains adamant about fully opening its borders. And even as we enter the new year, the 2021, we should likely expect the same border control measures to apply for the foreseeable future. We've already witnessed significant changes in the immigration landscape, pre-COVID and during this period of COVID, ongoing COVID decline. And the reality we face today is that there will always be modifications to existing regulations. So the challenge for us ultimately uh, should be to remain duly informed, to understand the implication of these changes, to actively comply with any modifications, and to learn and find ways to adapt. Thank you, Yana. You know, with that, I think we've um, reached the end of our podcast session. I mean, we're certainly mindful that the situation will continue to evolve and that the protocols we're currently adhering to will uh, change rapidly um, 
as COVID-19 first spread, but we will certainly continue to communicate any updates as these become available. So I wanted to thank you. Um, so I wanted to thank our listeners for their time, and we hope our discussion helped to shed some light on how things have been going on here in Singapore. Yes, uh, and we also hope you managed to pick up some very useful information, and we're happy to take in any feedback or questions through your usual Fragment contacts. And we would likewise recommend all of you to refer to our COVID-19 microsite, as this is updated on a daily basis with key changes as they unfold. So thank you, Dahlia. As always, it's been great hearing your thoughts and learning from you. Thank you again, Yana, and thank you, everyone. We really appreciate your time, and please do look out for more of these podcast sessions as our Fragment professionals across the globe are constantly developing these for your benefit, more so with the unpredictable times we're in. In the meantime, please do take care and stay safe. Thank you. The Immigration Conversation Podcast is presented by Fragment the leading firm dedicated exclusively to immigration services worldwide. This episode is current as of the date of recording. With frequent changes in global immigration, be sure to keep up to date by visiting our website at www.fragamin.com and subscribing to the Immigration Conversation on your favorite podcast service to hear the latest episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal advice or give rise to an attorney-client relationship between any listener and our firm. If you have any questions, please contact the Global Immigration Professional with whom you work at Fragamin.